Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I'm Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks. Carlton and Bernie discuss what deals with powerful entities can mean. And Carlton promises not to make any decisions about pledging his loyalty to Ekthiarn until he gets all the details. Then another message from the blue dragon Thantorvrak comes through the Sending Stone. And once again, our heroes are pressed for a meeting and details about what everybody has been up to. They frantically message back asking to meet tomorrow, just outside of Waterdeep. Travancore talks to the local wildlife about rumors of an ancient green dragon in the area, with some mixed results. And, just as we ended the last episode, the new settlers for the village had just arrived. And now, we continue our adventure, already in progress. Jonathan and Bernie, as you've been having this discussion, you hear the sound of talking coming through the woods. And you look over, and there's a ras. And... Several of the kobolds that you are familiar with coming through the woods, just as in a moment or two, Travancore and Carlton are going to come back from their little excursion, finding out about the, the green dragon. Uh, but it looks like the the settlers have arrived. And as they're walking up to you, you know, Aras waves and they're, they're walking through the tree line and uh, the kobolds are squinting a little bit, but they seem fine. Everybody seems healthy. They're, they're keeping a wary look. Aras is leading them to where the ruins are, over to where the two of you are. And then, Jonathan, you receive ascending. Um, it's like, so I, I think we should probably, I don't know, you're the tea expert. Earl Grey is, oh, they're here. And so he oh, waves yeah. their ass and then it's like. So I'd much rather come see you now. And I noticed that you're probably not very busy. Where are you? And then Aras comes walking on up as you recognize Thantorvrak's voice. And he says, it's very good to see you. Uh, sorry, Hi. we're a little bit early. Early. Uh, good. They wanted to move overnight. It was a little more comfortable. So yes, it also I'm sure it we was. Were, also Master Zick, we were, hello. I am very happy to see you. Travancore is going to elbow Jonathan as hard as he can in the ribs. Oh, uh, this isn't very hard because my strengths are very low. Uh, uh, Dude, pull together. I, I know. That. I'll talk. I'll explain in a second. So good journey then. Uh, and you can see the kobolds are starting to uh, take positions inside some of the the houses that still have roofs and are checking out the area. And as Aras talks to you, uh, Veng walks on up, and Aras says, "Fortunately, it seemed to be a very boring walk. Uh, we were that's great, unaccosted. That's so great." Is there something wrong? I He's have a stomach ache. Jonathan, do you have to poop? Yes. But oh. yeah. I require and... the services of my doctor. Oh, look, it's Travancore, the the uh the uh, one of the heralds of greenest and a nobleman. Uh, and Jonathan the Magic Muscular awkwardly backs away and like like kind of like 
it goes to Brady. He's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I'm gonna go give him some cod liver oil. I'll be back. Oh, <laughs> don't force it, bud. I've been there. It sucked. If you just let it happen, just let it flow. Shh, Carl. You'll have to forgive my friend Jonathan. He is he is a good man, but he's really really weird. Hasn't pooped in days. A protein heavy diet. Um, so. All right, so wait, the, so the two of you, uh, so Bernie and Jonathan step away, like, uh, out of earshot, out of eyeshot, where are you out moving of, like, to? Like, we're just rushing out of earshot, like. Okay. As they're rushing out of earshot, uh, and Carlton and Travancore take over for you, Ar- Aras looks at you, Travancore, and says, yes. Yes, he is. So, <laughs> was there anything that I needed to be informed about? Is Is everything okay here? Well, we cleared out the uh, the cave. There was a naga, and I forget what kind of naga. It was like a mortal naga or whatever. I forget the word for it. Well, Travancore would know, though. So he says the kind of naga that it was. <laughs> uh, it was a spirit naga, as far as you know. As far as you know, spirit. There was a spirit naga, but we uh, we slit we slew it along with other things in the cave. So it mm. looks like it's safe. Then, just so you know, like we were advised by the local wolves to avoid the uh, the south. Uh, was it the south woods, Carlton? The, the South Area during mating season, the which South is area during mating these season. months. Yeah. Yada, yeah, yada, so. yada. I tell them when mating season is. Other than that, it's a pretty quiet neighborhood. Well, it's good to see that it's all cleared out. It's a little ramshackle, but we can make it work. Yeah. Oh, and for you, Vang, I would not recommend them planting now because it is cold out, but here are some seeds to start farming with. Oh. Okay. What kind of seeds? The land is fertile. All right. There are zucchini. I remember I got really mad at a cobalt squash in my zucchini once, so he's got some zucchini seeds. There's a lot of zucchini. As Carlton starts to rattle off what vegetables he has, Jonathan and Bernie manage to get about, you know, 50, 60 feet away, duck behind a building that hasn't been occupied yet, and... Uh, Thunderfact just fucking sent, messaged me. Okay, okay. Directly. Okay, so we're going to be honest, but not too honest, because I think cobalts would be weirdly tempting. So here's what you're going to say. Just this, only this. All, only this, no flourishes or additions or subtractions. Okay. The friends we are helping have had a bad dragon experience. We are worried we can't control their reaction. Meet up once we clear things up with them. Okay. That sounds good. And because yeah. Jonathan the Magic Muscular is kind of freaked out right now, so he can't copy edit at all. Definitely so he... true. All of it's true. None of it's a lie. Yeah, so he pretty much, with using his keen mind, recites exactly that. Okay, you do. Nice going, Meredith Vieira. Oh, I'm just wondering if I, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't prep for a dragon today. I mean, I've got my standard loadout, but I did uh, I think we need to tell Aras what's going uh, on. And Jonathan the Magimuscular starts doing, because I'm describing this for the podcast, he starts doing those things where he's like praying, but then pointing, but then enveloping his face. He's doing lots of stuff with his hands. Bernie's going to reach a tiny hand up and pull his hands still. We have to tell Aras. I know. I just, this whole deal was just on a knife's edge. And now there's like 14 knives. Yeah. They're not going to kick you out of the Amethyst Acropolis for trying no, to it... keep from dying at the hands of a dragon. No, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the, the kobolds. I don't want, like you said, I don't want Thontorvac showing up. These kobolds have been through hell and 
Dragon's going to make it so much worse. I mean, Dragon's going to make it worse all around. I mean... Do you want to make it worse here? Or do you want to make it worse the Amethyst Acropolis? I absolutely want to make it worse away from them. Okay. But if if there's going to be a dragon near Waterdeep, you're probably right. We need to we need to tell some folks. Yeah, we have to tell the Blackstaff and... You have to tell the Blackstaff. We have to go now, because the okay. next time Thontorvac messages us... We can just say we're outside of Waterdeep, right. Okay. And we will be. Okay. <sighs> Thank you. And uh, he, Jonathan the Muscular is going to like rub his face. He's going to kind of dust himself off. He's going to look down at Bernie and like give her pauldron a little a little squeeze. And then he's going to like, okay, let's do this. Wait a second. You didn't like full-on memory that like you didn't try to mimic my voice right no 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 (laughs) that because that would be super no that would be super weird weird. as you finish up this conversation start to head back carlton has finished rattling off every (laughs) all of the seeds i would like to think that i have had very great character progression from slaughtering a cobalt for stepping on a zucchini to offering cobalt the fruits of the zucchini no, absolutely. And <laughs> it's a hell of a character arc, guy. Exactly. <laughs> I can retire now. Fruit. <laughs> this is the end of the Heralds of Greenness, guys. We've hit, we've gone full zucchini. At yep. any point, <laughs> speaking of character arcs, did at any point uh, when Carlton naming seeds, did he name an apple seed? Uh, no, you do not have any trees right. in Travancore the- Travancore is going to take some of the seeds he saved from, you know, whatever he ate because it's gross and he's just like, delicacy. Best thing I've eaten here. And Veng takes it all, and for his part, it, he does not seem, he doesn't seem impatient with the list. He doesn't seem dismissive at all. He seems very grateful. He takes it all. He's like, okay, uh, thank you. I'll, I'll give this to someone who can do something with it. And he hands it over to um, Valesa, the, the other cobalt that you recognize. And then he turns back to Aras and Travancore, actually, and says, so... Is there somewhere we can talk? Because I'm assuming that now that we're here, you're about to leave. And I believe I had some stuff to tell you. Yes. Yes. Sure. And at this point, Jonathan and Bernie are coming back. But Vang is very specifically talking to Aras and Travancore. Um, Okay. As soon as you guys get done, uh, Aras, we have something very important to talk about. But please continue. And at this point, Bucks is going to land back on uh, JMM's shoulder. With a little glow. And a, a blue jay feather sticking out of his beak. He, he, his, his little claw sticks up. He's like, wait, does Travancore see it? Roll a perception check. But you're going to be at disadvantage because you were just directly addressed by this kobold about something that you've been waiting to find out about. Yeah, nine. So okay. maybe not. No, you're focused on the kobold, especially after your friends decided to run off. So. Okay. All right. So Veng looks at, at you and says, I, should we just do this now? Sure. All right. And he will follow you, Travancore, a, a little ways away from everybody. Find like a, a an empty house that you can take over for a second. And Aras follows for a few feet and then says, I'll just let you two talk. And then turns around and, and leaves you alone. And Veng reaches into his bag that he's uh, he's got like a backpack and a bag. And he's obviously built for travel and hasn't taken anything off yet. But he reaches into his side bag and he pulls out a book. It's a, a black leather bound book that you just feel something coming off of it. And Veng says, when you killed our dragon and... 
left. The one thing that was left was that woman that you were upset about. And so we were trying to pick up the pieces and figure out what we were going to do. And she had basically bullied us for a while. She was bullying the dragon. None of us really understood what was going on. She seemed to have a lot of power. And so we were looking through her stuff and we found this book. And when I started to read it over, I had a chance to talk with... Are you familiar with Anernak? Yes. Well, this book got me in touch with her. I see. And so you were wondering how I got where I am. She's helped me understand most of what was in this book and some other things, too. It seemed like a good idea at the time. And it definitely helped us take control of our own lives. And if maybe I had been a little more ruthless or a little more powerful, our gamble in Waterdeep would have completely paid off. But there was something about... There's something about some things that she told me and the idea of having to slaughter our way through an entire city in order to be safe that changed our mind. And so, as I promised you, and he holds the book out to you. Okay. Travancore takes the book. Do you open it or take a look? Oh, I might actually, I might actually save it for later. You know? Like, thank you, Vang. So Adarnak is still my patron. But I thought you should have the book. Because that's technically hers. I mean, I added a few things that were mine. But they're not anything I hope to be able to need anymore. And you and your friends were concerned about more undead and more demons. And I thought this was the best way to at least show you that that won't happen anymore. Did you sign a contract? Yes. Travacore lets down a very heavy sigh. But it was only for me. That was smart. My great, 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 great grandpappy signed it over for his whole family. And we're still dealing with the consequences of it. She tried that, but nah, it didn't feel right. But I don't mind being the one that's in charge, and I don't mind being the one that pays the price. So so I can't give you 100% assurances that I won't defend what are mine and ours, and that I won't use her powers to do it. But I hope that this will at least... Make it clear that I don't plan on doing anything you need to worry about. Let's hope not. Be careful. Uh, some pretty powerful stuff in there. There's a few things I couldn't even use. Hmm. I will be. Did you have any questions? What did Evelyn say to you? Not much. She saw us as disposable. She used us. She was after the dragon. We were just necessary for the dragon. And so she tolerated us. Most of what I got was after her death from Anarnak. What did Anarnak tell you? That she could offer me whatever I needed in order to keep my people safe. And that if you succeeded in whatever your task is, that she would be grateful. <sighs> I'm not sure if I know what that means. I have an idea. Is it a good thing? Mm, it's a thing. That's a good evil. It's just 
it just never stops. It's just you get to one thing and then another thing comes and then there's another and then there's another. You you did what you had to do in, in your estimation. And as long as the price stays on your head, that's that's what it is. But you have a responsibility to keep NX Evil away from your people as much as possible. I hope you realize that. I think I do. I'm sorry for what it's worth. It's not a it's not a good path you chose and it's not a good end you'll have. But but I understand as as a ruler you do what you have to do. I'm okay with it. If I had stayed, if we had stayed, we'd just be fodder for another dragon. Yeah. Would that have been any better? Maybe not, but there's always another way. Like you had us, we could have helped you. But well, for what it's worth, don't ever tell Jonathan this. He'll 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 cut you open on the spot, and I don't want that, and I know you don't want that. I'd like to see him try. You know you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. He gives you, like, a tiny little grin, and I'd like you to roll an insight check. Okay. I should know what my insight is by now. I've been playing this game for three years, but here we are. 21. Uh, You get the sense part of that is bravado, and part of that might be he'd be okay either way. If you need anything, let us know. Even if uh, I, me knowing who your patron is, I really, I honestly can't say anything different at this point. Like, my friends were talking about their gods not too long ago. And until I, I shrug off this deal, I'm responsible to her too, in a way. Well, if you think you've got a way out of it, go for it. But I didn't go into this with my eyes closed. I knew what I was getting into, and I got what I needed out of it. So I'm okay with that. If I can find a way out for you, I will. I'd be interested if you did, but don't worry about it. I chose this path. Of course, whenever you whenever you say something like that to someone as guilt-motivated as Travancore, it's now all he'll think about. <laughs> it is now a tertiary mission for him to get Veng free. But but yeah, he gives you he gives you kind of a little nod and says, I knew what I was getting into, and everyone's gonna be safe because of me. That's pretty cool. You know what? Did it in a terrible way, but the end result, that is pretty cool. Mm. It's good to be able to defend your people. It is. Don't don't be a stranger. If you need anything, let us know. Now get out of our town. You got it. And I'll extend my hand to him to shake. And he will shake it. And I get out of his town. <laughs> While that conversation is going on, the three of you have a little bit of time. Was there anything you wanted to talk about? As we're kind of walking away, you know, Jonathan's like, oh, yes, lovely weather here in the Crypt Garden. He kind of looks back. Aras, fill a cold. Carly, get over here. And it's like, so, uh, as you may, may be aware, there is in our past a some dealings with a blue dragon who attacked Greenest. And uh, even though his will wasn't. He was a bit beholden to some assholes. He's still a blue dragon. We've had some contacts with him since, uh, some accidental. And now he seems to want to talk to us about finding some of these instruments of the bard. The problem is we actually have one. So Yes, I know. I was very well aware of the one that you have. And yes, he gives, yes. Uh, and then he goes to give Bernie a pointed look and then says, where is it? It's safe. I don't it know. Has- and Bernie specifically doesn't know. So uh, he ha- he gave us a sending stone a long time ago as, uh, as part of a um, thing we were doing. And he used it uh, a couple of times. We've been trying to, uh, to not deal with a blue dragon if we can. But he just now 
messaged me, like ascending in in Jonathan the Magimuscular's brain, and he wants to meet with us sooner rather than later. So, uh, one, uh, I think we should head back to, and as as uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is saying this, he's getting out one of his teleportation diamonds. He's like, I think we should head back now. Right now, like right now, five minutes and, ago now. And I think that uh, that uh, we need to tell the Blackstaff that. We are going to be meeting with a blue dragon outside of uh, Waterdeep. If, if for nothing else than to just, like, find out what he wants rather than him ambushing us somewhere and then and then things get really bad. Carlton. That's me. During this entire conversation that Jonathan has, in fact, as he starts to talk and he's giving this, this whole explanation of everything that has happened, you receive a sending. Oh, dear. <laughs> Have you ever received a sending before, Carlton? Nope. In your head. Oh, no. I mean, I've, oh, I've got no. Gray's telepathic bond, but... Oh, yeah, so this is very, no. very similar. You hear a voice in your head. And it's a vaguely familiar voice, because you haven't heard this voice in a very long time. And it says, Oh, tell the kobolds I said hi. That's so adorable. Should I come on by now or later for snack? And Jonathan is talking, 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 pulls yeah, out Jonathan the diamond. Jonathan is like gesturing. He's like, at this, po- at this point, he's like, he's making a dragon pantomime. I grab Jonathan like- by the shirt. I slap him in the face. I'm like, <laughs> he's in my head too. What? Okay. He said the, he said the kobolds would make a nice snack. He knows Yo, about the kobolds. I told him we'd bring snacks and tea. I don't oh God! Um, Guys, I think we, we got. Okay, we have two kinds ha- of tea on me. I don't have we, any more Danishes. Well, I wait, think. Wait, 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 wait. We, you need to respond shortly. You said he doesn't. That he didn't know about the kobolds. We didn't think he knew about the kobolds. I but apparently, he does. Here, all right. Why does he? He's know? he's probably divining. We something. need to meet with him away from here. Carlton, pick a spot that's away from here, and we will go there now. What was the name of that town that was destroyed by the giants? Red Larch. Red Larch. Red Larch. Because that's nearby, right? Yeah. I mean, it would be like a couple of days travel, but it's relatively nearby. But we've been there, so we can also teleport there. We. I can't teleport us there. I have to go to a circle. Does Red Larch have a circle? Not anymore. Not that it was destroyed. I mean, if there was one, it's probably destroyed. I don't have that teleport yet, Carlton. You can teleport from anywhere. Hey, Rassic, do you have that teleport that can teleport us to places without circles? No. Oh, shit. Um, ask your Walking feather. distance, Carlton. Walking no, your, distance. Your, your feather. The rock feather. The rock? Oh, could the rock foot, could we, could we fly there? How long would it take to fly there? It, way less than the rock would okay, take. Okay, um, if he knows we're the kobolds, then it, we might not want to travel too far away, because if he has to travel, he might just take the kobolds anyway. I think he wants to meet right now. I don't think he will. I think he he's and we know Red Larch is Red Larch is decimated. So there's not a, last time we saw it, it might be different. No, it's still it, it decimated. Was... There's nobody that's moved in because right. it's the middle of winter. So we don't have to worry about like it, casualties. Okay, tell him Red Larch and uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to pull the feather and uh, and the rock is going to appear. Everybody on, let's go. Uh, We're going to Red Larch. I'm assuming Hello? you're far enough out of town. Yeah, we walk. We're like yeah. walking and talking this entire time. So as he's doing that, I'm like, "Hello, hello, is this thing on? How do I, how do I tell you to go to Red Larch? 
how how do we go to how, hey uh Thunderback, how how do I tell you to meet us? And at that's all that gets through. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know how to do ascending. Travancore, you came up kind of in the middle of this. Aras says, I'm, "I'm going to stay here and keep an eye on things." Good, good, good idea. idea. And he heads back into uh, where the kobolds are. Jonathan throws this feather, this wooden feather, up into the air, and it shimmers into, for some of you, a familiar sight of a massive bird with black and blue feathers and a multicolored head. The thing is the size of the town, easily dragon-sized, if not more, and obediently waits for you to uh, jump on top of. We all jump on. I get up near the head. I, I, I imagine that as soon as it deploys, you hear a screech. It's like, ah, silver hawks. It's like, where the fuck did that come from? Okay, let's do I'm this. I'm out near the head. I thought I was the king of these old shows. <laughs> Dinosaur references. No kidding. Are you are you putting Coco Snoot and Shadow on top of this bird? You have to. Yeah. Jonathan the Magimuscular is kind of going to sit by Coco Snoot and kind of like Well, wait, we can him. tie him down. No, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll just, we go, we got to go. And Chubb, of uh, course, going to wild shape into something smaller. <laughs> well, the the rock can carry you all hands. of you. Keep oh, your right. hands. It's not okay, a fair. yeah. It's not a, a question of uh, weight. It's just a question of comfort. Comfort. Okay. Yeah, you've flown on this thing before. Wait, yeah, that's true. Could we could we polymorph shadow into something that you can hold in like it a won't bucket? last that long. We just have to go. Let's just okay. go. Forget it. We're going. Yeah, let's Onward. just go. Bucks, this is going to be uncomfortable. And he pops him into the pocket dimension. All right, you all mount the bird, get yourselves comfortable. There's enough room that uh, Shadow and Coco Snoot can kind of lay down on the back of this thing because it is so massive. You take hold and it flies as you give it the mental command to head to Red Larch. I reach out a fist and go, yeah! And Bernie reaches up and goes, yeah. <laughs> the, the rest of the heralds all go, yeah. This might be the last <laughs> moment I get to enjoy. Welcome to Very Random Encounters, where we play tabletop RPGs and randomly determine as much as possible. Remember playing with Legos and swapping the people's heads and limbs to create horrid abominations that God forgot? Our show is what it would be like if those rejected attempts at the human form had to go out and save the day. We turn the nonsense into a story with a nice message, like how friendship is stronger than a mind-controlled goblin jazz band. Hey, that's a thing that really happened. Find Very Random Encounters wherever you randomly determine to listen to podcasts. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on PC and Mac on Steam and Web, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, iPad, iPhone, and on all the Android devices. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the podcast, and it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from the Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Force Grey, and more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folk who make idle champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. So this code expires on October 20th, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem it once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. V-R-I-L-M-U-R-E S-A-N-S. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. 
you watch as the town south crypt uh now a buzz with activity and also a whole bunch of kobolds going pointing up into the sky as you all take off flying through the air it's not that long of a journey to be honest uh the rock is incredibly fast and the town itself is probably about a day a day and a half journey by foot by horse and so you are there maybe in an hour or two it's it's a cold trip because it is still winter but you land amongst the ruins of red larch which at this point it's been long enough that the the rot is gone and a lot of the the town had that had been destroyed is now taken over with some light scrub because it's winter so and here there is a, a light smattering of snow uh, but the rock lands just outside of where the ruins of red larch are and obediently let you off some light prepayating you know yeah just a little bit and you are here what would you like to do uh how long does the does the rock stay as a rock i think i should know this yeah it's been a while sorry since we, that's all right isn't this the first time we're using it? No, it's the nope. second time because he used second it to time. go to Greenness that once. Oh, he did, not me. That's yeah, right. me and Jonathan. Yeah. yeah, this is my first ride on the rock. The yeah, rock you'll have Express. to look that up. Jonathan looks that up. What would the rest of you like to be doing? So how much of traffic were here? I don't think he missed most of this. I'm going to say you heard enough of it and then they were able to fill you in on the way so that you are. Yeah, we would have filled you in on the flight that yeah. uh, we're going to meet Thontorvac in Red Larch because he knew, he, he knew about the Cobalts. So if he knows about the kobolds, I'm assuming he probably also knows about the instrument. I won't mention the instrument, but he obviously has a way of spying on us. So we're going to have to play this real smart. So I will not be doing a lot of talking. Correct. Wait, how would he How would he know about us? I mean, unless he was scrying on us like, uh, like Evelyn was. It's an option, I guess. But then one of us would be tagged somehow. I don't know if Travancore, because he was scried on before, could do any kind of check to figure out like whether that's an option or not, or possibility. Uh, Bernie, can you you can detect magic, right? Yeah, Bernie can do a detect magic. Okay. You want to pop off detect magic? Yeah, let me make sure I pull it up. Uh, looks like the rock will last either for a day, if it drops to zero hit points, or if it flies its maximum distance, which is 144 miles a day. So it looks like the rock is still around for the moment. Yeah, uh, uh, I think she's gonna cast it because we're all rested up. She's it's a um, it's a first level spell. Yeah, she's just gonna cast it as is. Yeah, I don't I don't think you get anything extra if you upcast it. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I actually was no. thinking about detect uh, dispel magic, and then I was like, wait, this is detect magic. Okay, so you cast detect magic. Sorry, I suddenly have to read things. Right. Yeah, reading. Um, well, while you're reading, Lauren, Jonathan, are, you're not planning on keeping Bucks anywhere near here, right? Bucks and uh, Jonathan just kind of like with a sigh. He's like, yeah, I sent Bucks to his pocket dimension and I'm going to keep him there until after this meeting. What about sending him to Amphel with a letter? He won't be here, but it's, it's up to you. That's fine. I can summon him back anytime. Uh, so I will just, yeah, he knows the way and I'll just have him. Let's have him meet us at the Acropolis. So hopefully okay. we get there at some point. And if and if he's not there when we get there, then you can just summon him. Yeah. Okay. And I'm gonna quickly write a letter to the Eagle Shields. You know, kind of like I love you. Uh, if I if uh, you don't hear from me in the next couple of days, uh, or Jonathan, you can have my stuff. Yada yada yada. 
but obviously more sincere than yada yada yada. And I give that the bucks. And I say, take this to the Eagle Shields in Amphel, please. And I will pay you in three mice when you return. When we meet next. Bucks burps. Burp. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> a little blue feather pops out. <laughs> and then he gra- he grasps. Does Travancore uh... see the feather this time? Yeah, you. Oh, you noticed that. Yeah. He grasps the uh, the talons. Uh, he grasps the letter in his talons. He looks at all of you. He's worried. He looks at Jonathan and is like, it's a visage of us like fighting a desperate battle against a dragon. And he's like, but he nods and he flo- flies away. Okay. As he flies away, Bernie, you cast Detect Magic. I. You cast Detect Magic. And so within 30 feet of you, uh, obviously all of your companions have various and sundry magic items that light up around them. And Jonathan has a little glowing thing about 10 feet behind his head. Bernie's going to go over to it and touch it. Your hand passes through it as though there is nothing there. But you can definitely, with your detect magic, see the outline. It's it's almost as though you're not seeing anything. What you're seeing, because detect magic makes the outline of stuff that is magical. You're and seeing I learned the... it school of magic, if any. Oh, uh, that would be probably divination. <laughs> yeah, I believe. Yep, divination. Oh, Jonathan. And Jonathan just gets. Jonathan is a is a handsome dark-skinned man but at this moment he turns ghost white as all the color leaves his face he's like oh fuck us yeah honey. i <sighs> bernie's gonna cast a spell magic i will say before you cast it you jonathan would know uh scry is a fifth level spell and he's probably mentioned that at some point so i'll let you know that in advance if you'd like to upcast or decide if you want to roll also I'd say... Because you've come across scrying magic before. Yeah. Let's just leave it. Um, we'll do... Once we get out of here, we'll, we'll we'll see about it. But I think for now, the damage is done. We gotta get you, like, a security system. Right. Like, they'll know going into this that we were aware of it, which they may come in hostile. Uh, <sighs> yeah. When, Bernie! You-, you receive ascending. <laughs> Another note! You hear a familiar voice in your head that says, Very well done. I was wondering how long it was going to take you to figure that out. So, Red Larch, huh? (sighs) Bernie's going to reply. And she's going to type out a response. Julia's making sure. This is the equivalent of Bernie counting on her fingers. That's fine. (laughs) As I've said before, it's totally fine. This is where technology is quite useful. Yeah, definitely. No, I like the mumbling red light. How do I use this thing? Let's go to how that I play was, red- That was pretty good. If you were in my game, I would have given you inspiration on that. There is, the, yeah, there's two ways to go about it. The, the, the smart way and the I'm just going to talk way. And both of them are equally fun. So she says, you don't dangle alcohol in front of an addict. However, there are no bakeries in Red Large. Would you like an alternate location? Interesting. She is serious about snack. She's going to get a baker to make a very big scone. No, no, I appreciate that. And Thunderwreck appreciates that too. Um, Obviously, you don't get an immediate response, which you're not expecting an immediate one. You do also notice because your detect magic is up for 10 minutes, but you do notice within about 30 seconds after you send that message, the, the scrying sensor that you have discovered goes away. You're not sure if the timing on that is coincidental, but it does go away. 
Well, he's not scrying on you now. Mm. Fuck Thontorvac. It's uh, it's one of those things where I don't I don't know how to stop him. Like he can just if if that was a spell that I could do, I could just do it. And he knows us, so he can just peek in at any time. I don't like it. And Jonathan the muscular, he crosses his arms, but he also flexes. Wait, how do we prevent? Pouty flex? You just pouty flexed? I pouty yeah. flex. There's there's one thing we may or may not have going in our favor. One has to assume that it, uh, being like Thontorvac has a number of agents, right? That were the only ones he ever works with. Which means he knows enough about us to know, and he's scrouted us long enough to know that we are agents with a certain, you know, moral compunction. We're perceived as heroes. It gives us access to spaces that, you know, more unsavory types of work for him might not. So it's possible that what he has for in mind for us isn't necessarily bloody or especially terrible. Though I don't expect it's going to be very fun. If it's a harmless errand... Jonathan the Muscular starts doing the thing with his hands. We're praying, pointing, you know, enveloped face. He's a, Bernie takes just her it, hand and brings them down. Thank you. Um, Jonathan the Muscular feels that this is just going to have to be something we'll have to manage. Because until he proves truly dangerous, then, I mean, just, just killing him is not, it's not a fun option. Or an easy one. Not necessarily feasible. <laughs> Or it's not it's not fun, it's not feasible, and it's not it, it's not we we're not murderers. No. We kill we kill people but we're not murderers. Do you think you did you remember to put your mage armor on today though? And Jonathan is still looking down and he's like just touches his chest. Well that's that taking care of. Now Jonathan and Bernie, you guys know about scrying. Can he listen and watch when we're in the pocket house? Because that's a demiplane? Jonathan the Magic Muscular considers this. Because Jonathan the player doesn't remember. You So you've done enough research into Scrime, considering the last time when this was focused on Travancore, that uh, you do need to be on the same plane of existence. There you go. So anything that we want to discuss that we don't want people to hear, we just need to be more conscious about doing it in our house. Or the Telbond. Or the Talbond. Yeah. Or, or the, the Talbond. That's actually another good. I, we can have. We can actually have a. Uh, okay, Heralds of Greenness party business. Do we just want to have our morning meetings in the Talbond? On the party line. Yeah. On the party line. Okay. Hey, we speaking just, of which, should we activate the party line? Let's do that. And uh, Jonathan the Muscular is going to start casting uh, Rary's telepath. I want to call it Rory's telepathic bond, but it's Rary's telepathic bond. It can yeah, be Rory. That's fine. Yeah, your version of it can be. Bum, bum, bum. You're ri- ritually casting it? Yes. Okay. So yeah, you take 10 minutes. In this time, you've been standing outside of the ruins, the wind blowing through. There's not much around because a lot of the, the larger stuff died during when everything was corrupt. And while stuff has started to grow back, it is winter and the trees haven't really returned. So you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, uh, just nearby the the leftovers of this destroyed city. And the wind is whipping through and it's quiet in that way that snow just muffles everything and so as jonathan starts to cast this all you hear for the next 10 minutes is the the slow very 
carefully considered words that he says as he is casting the spell that you've all heard before. He's done this a number of times that you're at least vaguely familiar with the routine of it. But now out here in the, the tenseness as you wait for something to happen with his words, the only thing echoing in this space, it's it's almost as though you're chanting along with him. It's It's a little creepy. That's moody as fuck. Awesome. Yeah. But you do cast the spell. Should we have some, make some food while waiting? Like, how long did Dantorvac say he would be? He didn't. <sighs> uh, and and as as he finishes, you all get the pop up. It's it, instead yeah, of yeah, a, yeah, yeah, instead except, of a happy except. background, it's like a really like somber muted colors background like, of the pop up. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the sad Telbon sound. So, Bernie, Trev. Thontrovac called you on the Sending Stone. Yes. And then he called Jonathan on the Sending Stone. No, through Sending, Sending. Or then he sent Sending on Jonathan, and then he sent Sending to Carlton. Yes. And how come you don't want me? And Travancore crosses his arms and pouts Archer style <laughs> and looks for an <laughs> Uncle Phil that will never come. Aww. Because that's, that's my dad's name. Travancore misses chatting with Thontorvrak. Or just doesn't want to be left out because he's so petty. He's just, that's all it is. It's just a, a FOMO thing. <laughs> um, I, I, that's actually a really good question. Do you think he can't find you? When he says, how come you don't, he don't want me? I go and I give you a big old bear hug. Aww. I'm like, you're too, good, you're too good for him. Travancore hugs right back. Bernie? I'll say, considering the sensor placement, you can't assume the what Thontorvrak has been able to see and how long he's been doing this. But even in the last 10 minutes, he would have seen enough of Travancore to be able to cast Ascending on him. But that doesn't mean that that's not a good question. So you, you get the sense, if Thontorvrak wanted to, he could have. Yeah, I know what I want to say to him if he sends me Ascending. What? It's gonna be two words and then expletives and preconomies until I reach 25 words. <laughs> I don't- that doesn't sound very diplomatic of you. Yeah, well, there are diplomatic protocols that were breached on this- these sendings. Is he here yet? Bernie wants to send a sending and be like, are you here? Could we just like- hey guys, how about instead of standing in the street, we just like go to one of these like half rundown buildings or at least out of the elements? Yeah, I think there's a. There's I mean, a... we're gonna hear when he lands. He's gonna be like, Bernie, are you sending us ending, or were you talking about that idly? Bernie's considering it. Okay, let me know if you uh, do. Well, I see a place over there. I think it's the the drawn and quartered. Draw. Why would someone and drawn is spelled wrong? Let's go in. No, what are those places in ruins? Just the educational system collapses. The rest of society goes with it. Uh, you do within a couple of minutes find a, a <laughs> find place. the John and Cordy. <laughs> yeah, you fi- you find what, an what's inn left of it? that seems to have been one of the the multitude of places that is abandoned. Uh, you actually can't get into the inn. The inn itself is looks like it's pretty destroyed, but there is a barn. A it's almost like a garage if there was such a thing next to it that is fully intact, and you you can go on in there and get out of the elements. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to take his fireball shot right now because he's super sad. Aww. <laughs> Impending doom. And you did cast a fifth level spell. He got played. We all got played. 
I'm going to go into the bag of holding. I'm going to pull out the chicken pot. Forgot we had that pot. And then I'm going to reach in and see if I get a chicken or an egg. All right, roll for it. What do I roll again? It says it on the magic item. Oh, goddamn, I got to look it up. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, guys, we're boned. But that's okay. I'm glad to be with you all here at the end of all things. (laughs) You know, Jonathan the Magimuscular, at least electrocution, kills you from the inside first. You don't feel the burning that much. You all hear a voice at this point coming from above you. And it says, So quick to talk about doom and gloom. Yeah, Trevor Corse is going to mosey on out. He's very cavalier at this point. Uh, you walk outside, you take a look around, you do not see anything. Oh. A... Detect magic lasts for ten minutes, I think, right? It does, but it has faded since, well, because you cast it before, then Jonathan casts his telepathic bond. But it has okay. faded at this point. Travancore, as you walk outside and take a look around, don't see anything, you do once again hear Fontor Vrak say, I just kept asking. You were the ones who contacted me first. Point of order, you didn't contact me at all. <laughs> oh, God, are you kidding? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Were you, all the gods in this... Oh, were you God. left out? Were you feeling slighted? Just like to be included, that's all. What can we do for you, Thondervac? Well, I want Jonathan to- comes out of the barn. Hi. You also I put the, do not I, see I, I grabbed the chicken- and I put the pot away because it was a chicken. Okay. And so I walk out of the barn holding a chicken. Is it a live chicken? <laughs> Is it a cooked chicken? What kind of chicken? It's a live chicken. It's it says I pull out a live single live chicken on a roll of twelve or Fuck. two to nineteen. So yeah, I'm holding a live chicken as I walk out to meet Thotor back. You also walk outside, live chicken, do not see anything. Bernie, Bernie walks outside and looks up. You you all hear him, you do not see him. But he continues to talk at and least. And she two. says you know, if we'd done this outside of Waterdeep, there would have been pastry. I understand, and I appreciate the offer of snacks. I do feel like, after waiting so long, that that was a very generous offer, but I wasn't quite comfortable just having a meeting right outside one of the largest cities in all of this land, if you'll pardon my cautiousness. Especially considering some of the things we're going to be talking about. Or the things you haven't wanted to talk about anyway. Yes, yes. <laughs> what? Jonathan, like, if you... Like Travancore said, what can we do for you? So I noticed you got one of the instruments. Did you name it? In the, the Telbon, I'm like, we do have the instrument of illusions, that flute. Should we just give him that? What did I name it? I named it something. While you can, while you try to remember what you name it, because I, I've got it here somewhere, but Thondervrak will continue to talk and say... We're going to catch him monologuing. I don't, I don't know how exactly you got it or kept it away from those who wanted it, but you seem interested in playing around with it, so enjoy your fun. I was curious if you were going to be searching for any more like I'd originally asked quite a while ago. Look, life happens. Fair enough. You're old, right? You live a long time. I mean, like, compared to me, you're going to live a really long time, right? We'll see what happens with life, but one can assume. One can assume. On the stat... The odds are currently in your favor to live longer than all of us put together. So what's a couple of months? Look, we got pulled into the Feywild. That was 
unexpected and unwanted on every level possible. And then there was just a lot of deities, a lot of deities. And I, as you can tell, I'm a fan in general of deities, one in particular, but enough is enough, honestly. I'm, this is not a pantheon I subscribe to. And if you haven't noticed since we met you last, we have a goddamn menagerie. Do you know how much kibble the bear eats? Do you know one time he tried to poop in a real toilet? You know how much money that costs to fix? I'm impressed you were able to train him that well. We did not. That, you can actually, if you would like to send a sending to Travancore, you can have that conversation with him about how all of that went down. One imagines that would take more than 25 words. Yes, yes, it would. But do you really want more than 25 words on the subject? Because I don't. And then this one over here routinely sticks things in his butt. Once! I did it once! (laughs) That is not routinely, that is one time! (laughs) Never living it down. And honestly... You know, I'm like shaking angrily at Bernie (laughs) with a chicken in my hand. And the chicken's just like... Absolutely. (laughs) So the fact that anybody is feeding us information on any kind of bardic anything is honestly... I'm amazed. I'm amazed. We went underground. There were kobolds. There was this thing. There was a naga yesterday. It was, yeah. And then there was this big old hairy thing. That was not cool. And the ocean? I don't like that. I definitely don't like that. I think the Feywild is here and the ocean is like mm, three steps below it. I'm not sure what's in between, but I'm sure that's going to pop up. He had a cousin who was literally a bitch from hell. It's just not been... Look, looking for things they uh, is nice, but all this shit just found us. So I'm asking for a little patience, my friend. Okay. Bernie's had a hard time. Jonathan the Magivuscular feels compelled to like, like nervously reach over and like just like lightly pat Bernie on the back, and then just Bernie turns around <laughs> and throws her hands in the air. She's this is why you always bring food there's a brief moment as bernie has this extensive retelling of her life history and the the last 180 so episodes of dungeon drunks and then you hear summarized it pretty well (laughs) i'm absolutely saying that i thought that was fun (laughs) and then you hear thantra rack reply and say okay (laughs) that's it (laughs) that's it okay well I wanted to chat. I certainly am still interested in what's going on, but, you know, secrets- We spent five years in Amphail. Literally five years. I think that's a figurative, Jonathan. Then Thunder back pauses and starts trying to figure out if gnomes have a completely different calendar system. It's like, wait a second, it's only been like a year since I've known you, I don't understand. (laughs) This makes no sense. I was curious- And every time I contacted you, I seemed to get the runaround. And then I just had to leave it up to myself to go ahead and scry and see what you all were doing. And I was very impressed. There was quite a lot going on. 
nonetheless the whole retrieving one of those instruments that I was curious about and then trying to put me off as, as you took care of all those undead creatures and the naga and the things that were going on with the kobolds. It was all very impressive, I must say. I We've been busy. I understand. I've not been as much, and so maybe I've had a little more free time on my hands than I've wanted. That being said, when you're free, I think we can come to some interesting arrangements. I hear you have problems that need solving, and I am still interested in what was previously on your back. Bernie says the thing that is stupid, but very Bernie, uh, which is, what if it likes me better? Well, then we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, won't we? Point of order, Thontavrak. As a career magician and wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular does not have as much time on this realm as you do. And so that time needs to be managed a bit better. Uh, that instrument is important to my employer. Uh, and I understand how, how this all looks and how much you would like to have that instrument. But I, I gotta tell you, Thontavrak, is there... Can we get you another one? Not that one. My boss really wants it back. And I know you being you, you don't really have anyone to answer to, but I do, and my time is relatively short. And I would like it to be pleasant. Jonathan, roll a persuasion check with advantage because of Bernie's outburst from before. <laughs> Thank you, Bernie. <laughs> oh no. Oh dear. Oh no. Oh well, that's um, just prime. Well, what's what's the final number? Oh wait, wait. Hold on. The okay. final number is hang on, let me find my features and traits. I, I would have been so mad at myself if I had forgotten this. Uh I'm gonna use a little bit of luck. Okay. Yay! Natural <laughs> 20. Drink. On the luck roll. Uh, so that is going to be a 23. Okay. See, Jonathan, I poured my drink ahead of time, even though you don't think I'm cool because I believe in you. <laughs> Thank you. I believed in you, but I didn't know, believe that much. <laughs> <laughs> Your belief had reasonable limits. <laughs> so there's a, a calculating pause as you plead your case, and then you hear Thontorvrak reply. Very well. You shouldn't be surprised. I mean, how many times have you been called, what do they, do they call them now, fate changers? God pawns. Yeah, that kind of thing. I don't like that one. Fate changers is a little better, I think. I like fate changers, yeah. It's a little better. Yeah. yeah. So you really shouldn't be surprised at this point. I mean, you, you trapeze around saving the whole city's worth of people, and you're going to attract a little bit of attention. So... I just happen to be someone who had called dibs, that's all. You know, back in the day. Back in those early days, back in Greece. Are you really invoking the right of dibs right now? Yes, I am. Did you say dibs? I thought you had to actually call dibs. I didn't even hear you call fives. I believe that it is better at this point if we continue our cordial relationship and if getting in between... All of you in this instrument will cause a rift, then I am more than happy to come to you shortly with information on another one. 
I believe there was a little errand you were all thinking of going on. That is true, yes. Just a matter of my soul, that's all. Such a transient thing, souls. But why don't you go ahead and take care of that? And once that's done, which shouldn't take too long, I, I hear that the spine of the world is a, a beautiful place to be nowadays. Go take care of that and contact me. This time with a little more information than just a drunk dial. And we'll have a chat about details. That is very reasonable. This is sort of tangential information. Unless there's just dragon magic, I don't really know about. I mean, we're gnomes. We don't encounter. We're very tiny, and you look even bigger. But, I mean, your claws, hands, paws, you got a preferred noun? They're very big. Do you play? Are you musical? Are you a little more... Lady Catherine de Bourgh-esque. Are you asking if I actually perform or if I just enjoy? Well, yeah. I mean, like, do you want them because you play? Do you want them because you've got, like, you got, like, a you're a patron of the arts and you're going to gift it to some person who's going to play? Can you shrink yourself all tiny so you can play? Let's just say not only all of the above, but I enjoy the employ of those who would go and retrieve such powerful items for me. And with that, you hear the creaking of wood and the beating of wings. And just as you can't see the form of this dragon, but it was very obvious at this point it was perched on top of a nearby building. Not the actual building that you were in, but nearby. Mm -hmm. And you hear... And then it's gone. And you are left in Red Larch in the cold alone. And that's where we'll pick up next time. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see what happens. Yowza. As you decide how you're going to deal with that. But first, let me give you some experience. Chicken. Chicken. (laughs) Chicken. And a chicken. There was a lot going on there that was a week's worth of payoff. So thank you for coming with me on that wild ride. That was great. Thank you. That was fun. I, I... I was nervous about throwing all of that at you, so I'm glad that it worked out. So, for doing a lot of good things, I mean, we we kind of skipped past the fact that you you completed the quest for the kobolds. They're uh, safely at home. Veng has handed over vital information to Travancore. All of you found out some very interesting information about each other. Bernie had this wonderful conversation with Carlton at the beginning about deities and gods and all sorts of stuff. Uh, Jonathan named his dagger. And uh, because of all of that, I'm going to give you a total of 7,200 experience to split between the four of you because there was a lot going on. And next time we get together, we'll see what happens next. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, 
and Hunted Shadows, LLC.